Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. All right. Hello and welcome into a Thursday, January 5th edition of the Unreasonable Odds podcast. I'm your host, Julian Edlow, along with my co-host, Steve Buchanan. Um, We're on to week 18, Steve, and uh, that usually means a pretty unique board with some weird spots and strange motivations, including uh, an interesting player prop market with incentives for certain players, record-breaking situations for certain players, so... It's one of the one of the more different boards that uh, we we get to talk about, um, and that's exactly what we're going to do. But before that, we can go ahead and recap uh, week seventeen. Um, obviously, uh, uh, unique week in the NFL with the Demar Hamlin situation, and uh, we we wish our best to him and his recovery. And on the day that we're recording this, actually, we're getting some really positive news uh, from doctors out of uh, Cincinnati. So that is all great. And uh, we will see how the situation plays out. Um, But Steve, go ahead. I'll let you start us off. If you have any thoughts that additionally you want to share on, on the Hamlin situation or just get right into recapping week 17. Well, just, you know, what's the what's the domino effect from that game being suspended? They still haven't come to any sort mm-hmm. of uh, an idea on that as we record this Thursday, you know, well, mid-afternoon. Uh, there's still no resignation to, uh, or resolution, I should say, to what's going to happen there. Um, and that could really affect the Week 18 lines now moving forward. You know, there's been some rumors <laughs> out there that they would make eight teams come into the playoffs, which is which it no. seems so overly complicated but if i'm looking at this from a league perspective i mean talk about making the most money possible like that would absolutely do it but a lot of things would go into that but teams I think will not be uneliminated this, this will not be an eight team hey AFC i'm not saying that field. that's what i'm not saying that's what's going to happen i'm just saying that that is something that's been talked about a lot this afternoon by the time hopefully you listen to this hopefully we have some uh resolution there but you know to me it's just you know let the teams tie and I do like the idea of allowing the Chiefs kind of pick what they want, uh, either home field advantage or the buy. I like that idea a lot, actually. I think that's something that I'd like to see moving forward, that they have that choice because it's kind of a maybe a pick your poison type thing. But uh, yeah, week 18 is going to be rather interesting. A lot of motivation, a lot of lack of motivation, a lot of motivation that could be squashed by the time kickoff comes. So we'll kind of dive into that and, and, and give our thoughts on the board. All right. Um, I only bet one thing in week 17. Didn't like the board at all. Laid three with the Packers. They blew out the Vikings at home. So got a got a win on that one. Um, Anything from you? I know you finally lost the best bet on the sweat. Bears. They stunk. Yeah, Yeah, that was bad. That was uh, really disappointing to see for a team that has been struggling defensively as much as the Lions have uh, just to completely 
quash squash the the Bears uh, offense there, holding them just ten points, even with Justin Fields back in the mix and healthy. Uh, Fields now out for the uh, for Week 18. Surprised that line didn't move more. Actually, by the way, um, it went from I think it well was that opened Minnesota like minus that opened Minnesota minus one and a half, and now we're yeah. at seven and a half. Right, but that wasn't because of the Fields news per se when it became official. It was I, I, it like moved that about line, halfway halfway prior to that, and then the other half was off of Fields. Yeah, so now they got Nate Peterman going. You know the the interception specialist taking the hill, um, but it really seems like the Bears are going to try their best to lock up that number one pick overall. Uh, but Houston is obviously in the way of that. I, I, I did see that if they, by some strange reason, if they did tie in winning percentage, the tiebreaker would go to the Texans. So if in the unlikely scenario that they have the same winning percent percentage after this week, the Texans would end up with the, um, with the number one pick. I'll talk. I'll just go off script and go talk real quick. Number one pick. I did bet some Bryce Young at even money, and I think he's currently minus 120 on DraftKings Sportsbook. If Houston gets the pick, they need a quarterback, and Young Absolutely. is the guy, in my opinion. C.J. Stroud is secondary to to Bryce Young, and all this Will Levis hype, the kid out of Kentucky, he has a really good arm, but I don't quite see why he would be a number one overall pick. He, you know, first-round guy, top half of the first round, but I don't see him as number one. I think Young's the guy, so if Houston gets that pick, I think it's – absolutely young and if it's anybody else the bears or a team that doesn't need a quarterback this is the perfect spot to get a king's ransom of draft picks for uh for yeah. that or if you want to trade justin fields by all means like i don't i really like bryce young but whatever your decision is you can trade somebody for a lot of picks um for somebody that is going to use that number one pick on bryce young if you are not so do you think they would there's trade a play out? for you do you think the bears would trade out if um it seems like things are moving pretty positively with Justin Fields, and they like him. So I think well, they would probably yeah. trade out. Yeah, you could, I mean, you could always use it on a guy like Will Anderson, the defensive end from Alabama, uh, who should be a great player. But I just think the value of that pick is Bryce Young, and you can move back to two or three and take a defensive player that you want um, while getting a lot more picks. The Bears need receivers. You've got Johnson from TCU, who's going to be a top 10 pick. You could trade further back into the top 10 and get your receiver for fields and get some second and third round picks to go along with it. I, I just, and future first, probably. I just think there's a lot yeah. of options. Rice Young's the guy in my mind. I was going to wait to see if Houston got it for sure, but now we're starting to see it move. I would play Bryce Young to be the number one overall pick in the draft. Yep. Minus 120 on DK right now. Yep. Um, okay. Let's get into the week 18 board. We'll start with the Saturday card, the Raiders uh, and the Chiefs, the Chiefs potentially playing to win that game and lock up a number one seed and a buy uh, home field. We'll see how that situation works out. Um, but this is a game the Chiefs want to win. And uh, obviously the night game is just a playoff game in the AFC South Titans Jags winner wins the division and gets in. Yeah. The, I have a hard time seeing the Chiefs not win this game. Uh, Patrick Mahomes is 8-1 and one against the Raiders in his career. Um, they snuck by at Arrowhead earlier in the year. Jared Stidham looked good uh, for the Raiders in his debut against the Niners. That's what I'm so kind I don't of want to completely... <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't want to completely write the Raiders off. Like They're just playing with house money, and uh, they could just sit back and compete in this game. It wouldn't surprise me, but I do think the Chiefs will ultimately prevail. I'm not going to, going to include them in a money line parlay or anything. I'm I'm going to stay away. 
Here's how I'm betting it. The f- first game of the weekend, we get one of my, I, I think my favorite. We're going to talk some incentives and whatnot, but let's talk record breakers because those matter too when it comes to motivation. Patrick Mahomes is 430 passing yards away from setting the all-time single-season passing yardage record. Peyton Manning yeah. got it in in uh, Denver in 2013, uh, 5,477, I think it is. <clears throat> Mahomes now, his passing prop on DK Sportsbook has set it 319 and a half. I wrote up an article on it on the DK playbook. Um, this is the Raiders ranked 29th in pass in terms of passing yards allowed to opponents this season. This is a good yeah. matchup for Mahomes to begin with. And the way that you're going to beat the Raiders and try and get that one seed is by passing the ball. Plays right into the matchup, and then let's say he gets close. Mahomes averages 315 yards, a little over 315 per game this season, so it's right in the neighborhood. It seems like if this is a good matchup, it should be set a little higher than four yards above his season average. Uh, When you look, Mahomes has done this. He's gone for 320 or more 10 times on the season, nine of them from week six and on. And I think this is just one of those spots, once he gets close, like once you get over 300 yards late in the game, it's like, hey, let's try a couple of deep ones and see if we can get this for him, especially if you're up a couple of scores. So I think they're going to go for this one. And I, I, whether you get it or not, I'm not sure. But you're getting like 110 yards of cushion under the number. So I, I, I'm, I'm going over uh, 319 and a half Patrick Mahomes passing yards is, is all I've played for that Saturday card so far. Yeah, because in that game when they played in week seven, he was at 292, and that was a close game. That was that 30-29 win for the Chiefs where they kind of eat that one out. The one thing I will say that I do like for Mahomes is the emergence of McKinnon and how vital he's been to this offense over the past like checkdowns or so. Exactly. Those checkdowns to McKinnon have been huge, and, and like they've been utilizing him in the red zone in that uh, with that play type, getting him the quick check down to go in. He's scoring like what five straight games now or something like that, receiving touchdown, no less. He's been crazy. He's been crazy good for the, for the chiefs. Um, so maybe that's what kind of helps give him uh, that little extra to get over that mark of at least three nineteen and a half. Uh, is how much they can use that position where, cause I, you know, with, with Edwards Lair or whatever, Pacheco is not really going to be catching him, but he's been, he's really emerged too. It just feels like they're getting the most production out of the running back position we've seen in a couple of years now. So McKinnon getting those quick checkdowns and he's been getting a lot of them, I think can really uh, help him get over that mark. But I am worried a little bit. Three nineteen and a half and a half is a lot, uh, especially when he was not even able to um, clear 300 the first time in that matchup and he threw the ball 43 times in that game. It's not like he was not, they were running the ball. Like he threw the ball. Um, that's one of the most that he's had all season. So there is some of that too, but I mean, you know, we're talking about a Raiders team that's in a completely different realm, I guess, than when, when they face each other in week five compared to here in week 18. Yep. Yep. Um, all right. Any other thoughts on, on chiefs Raiders before we go to the Saturday night game? Uh, I think the only thing I'm going to take in this game, uh, I probably will end up teasing the Chiefs down with that nine so you can get them at three. That's probably where I'll, I'll have something here, but obviously I'm not taking the Chiefs on the money line or not. I don't, I'm not really interested in the over in this one either, just because I don't know what we're going to get out of the Raiders. So if I'm doing anything in this game, I'm probably teasing down the Chiefs and pairing it with something else. Probably the Jaguars, actually. If you want to do a same game teaser, you can get the uh, Jaguars down to uh, basically a win. Yep. So the Jags sitting at six and a half favorites at home against the Titans. Larger bets, actually, if we want to go to the go to the betting splits 
Um, I'll play the role of Johnny Avello since I forgot to send Johnny Avello the questions. He won't be joining us today. It is not a Johnny problem. This is a me problem. So I'll start to turn it to some of these betting splits and uh, save face as best I can. Titans getting the points. 42% of the bets for 62% of the money as we record. So bigger bets are taking the points in this game with an unproven Joshua Dobbs um, and a dinged up Titans team against a Jags team that's really getting momentum and at home here. I will say the Jags have not covered a home game as a favorite this season, um, but they have been pretty good overall. I think they're the better team. I think they're going to win the game. So for me, they're the ultimate. They're they're a money line parlay or teaser piece. It's just what you want to put them with. and there, I think there's a couple of, of decent spots, but yeah, it's Jags for me, but only as a money. I'm not laying the points. It's only as a money line or teaser piece. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, I, I talked about this on, uh, <clears throat> on the sweat earlier this morning, Titans haven't covered since before Thanksgiving. The last time yeah. they covered was week 11 against the Packers. This offense has just been brutal. Right. I mean, obviously, they've been going through the carousel of characters with, with quarterback with Tannehill and um, Malik Willis and now Dobbs or whatever. But they're struggling to get more than two touchdowns in a game at this point. They haven't scored more than 14 yep. points in five straight games now. And not that the Jaguars are like this defensive juggernaut or anything like that, but the Jags as a whole has just been so much better really since they've come out of their bye week. Like it's just, it, it's a completely different team at this point. And Trevor Lawrence, especially. So. You know, if they I were take, seven and they were seven and three uh, Titans, like firmly, yeah, firmly yeah. in the mix. Yeah. And now they're seven and nine. <laughs> yeah. Like right. they've been they've been awful. They're one and eight in their last nine games. Right. So with the win over the Packers out of nowhere at Lambeau. So this is one of those games. I feel like I have one of these games like every couple of weeks. If I take the Jags on the, you know, at six and a half and lose, then so be it. Like, you know. At the end of the day, is the Titans a better team? Probably not, but at least they were in t- for most of the year. Um, but I, I, I could not, I could not fathom myself taking the Titans at six at plus six and a half at this point. So bad at covering to begin with. Jags have everything to play for in this one. This is a hungry team. Um, so I've and at home too, no less. Uh, four and two against the spread at home this season. Obviously, the two losses were when they were favorites. So that is something that's at least somewhat notable, but. Uh, I have no problem taking the Jags here, but like I said, uh, you could do a same day teaser. Same day teaser here. Get the Chiefs down to three. Get the uh, Jaguars down to half a point. Gives you minus one twenty because if you money line parlayed them, you're at one, you're at minus one forty nine. So at least you're saving yourself a few cents here, getting it down to minus one twenty. Um, so I think that's where I, the route I'd be going there. Incentives wise, Jacksonville in a pretty good matchup passing the ball against that Titans secondary. And you've got guys like Zay Jones and Christian Kirk who both uh, need receptions and yardage to hit $500,000 bonuses. It's a good matchup for it. So I think if you're going to bet their overs, you should anyway. But in this scenario, like essentially a playoff game, Jacksonville's not going to go out of its way to get anybody anything. No. You're playing to win this game. So a little bit different of a take. I think if you're going to play those, you play them because you like the matchup and you think they're going to get them within the the flow of that game rather than going out of their way. Like I think the Chiefs might go out of their way to get Mahomes uh, some passing yardage. I, I, I agree completely. And I think and there's a lot of I've seen a lot of tweets about this, like, oh, you got to play Christian Kirk over. You got to play Zay Jones overs because mm-hmm. they're so close. They're so close. It's like this is such a more this is a bigger than 
incentive game for them. I think if you asked either of these guys, they'd rather be in the playoffs and hitting their incentives to go over their you know, their mm. season long profit. Hitting game. two five hundred thousand dollar bonuses for a million bucks is also a pretty good day. I'm not but. saying that there's anything wrong with that, but given the choice, I think they'd rather make the playoffs. Uh, that being said. The receiving yards for Kirk and Jones are pretty soft, I think. Yeah, they're lo- no, they're low. Like, yeah. I think you can make the argument that even with the matchup in a big game, you would want to play them anyway. Yeah, so Christian Kirk, 57.5. Zay Jones, 52.5. Jones, especially. Um, I know he's had a couple of duds lately, but like he has... I think it's fair to say that Jones is the wide receiver one in this offense now. It wasn't that way to start the year. But I feel like Jones has kind of overtaken Christian Kirk as the top option for Trevor Lawrence. So I would side with Jones over Kirk if I was choosing one. But I have no issue with taking both on the over in this one. And again, not because of the incentives, because they're actually in a good matchup. And the the numbers that we have here on the sports would feel a little bit soft. Yep. Um. Okay, let's move on to Saturday, and let's we're already talking AFC playoff picture. So let's Sunday, Sunday. Let's move on to Sunday, AFC playoff picture. Um, some weird ones, like you know, the Ravens can't exactly they can't probably can't win the division anymore. So <clears throat> it's the Bengals who maybe can't get the one seed anymore. So what exactly is everyone playing for in in that one? Um, you got the Dolphins playing a playoff game essentially, but they've moved from favorites to underdogs because they're going with a Mike Glennon or Skylar Thompson, whoever it's going to be against a Jets team that was just eliminated. That's a really weird spot. Pittsburgh has a very slim chance of getting in, but they should still be motivated given the the early kickoff. Yep. if, If I'm betting any of those games, it's Pittsburgh minus two and a half for me against the Browns because the Browns have had no offense with Deshaun Watson. They're going on the road in the division here against a defense that's been really good with TJ Watt back against an offense that's been decent with Kenny Pickett of late. So out of that handful of, of weird games, um, it would be Steelers minus two and a half for me. And the last one with playoff implications that I'll include because it is back on the board now and scheduled for one o'clock on Sunday is the Patriots getting seven at the bills. Um, it's hard to figure out motivation for this game, right? Are the bills, are the bills going to play it? Um, are they going to play their guys in it? What, how exactly do the Buffalo Bills want to finish this regular season and set themselves up for the playoffs? It's a very difficult question to, to answer. Um, but this is a playoff game for the Patriots, and you're getting seven points. I, I can't do anything that involves the Bills and, and Bengals. Like, that's just, I'm just going to yeah. wash, wash my hands of it and just be done with it because I'll just do something else or just ignore it. Like, unless we I get I think that's the way a lot of people are going to view yeah. it. Yeah. I mean, unless we get something like, super definitive before kickoff I, I i i can't do it right like it's there's there's no point there really is no point in doing it like if you want to maybe tease down the bills or the bangles okay fine like i can do that but i'm not laying seven points when i don't even know or nobody knows what the outcome is going to be of the game that didn't happen so there's just there's no point right like it, it it's, it's a clear stay away from me um you know, I don't like the Patriots in that matchup. I don't like the Ravens in that matchup. If everything was fine, right? If let's just say that everything went well on on mm-hmm. Sunday or a Monday, sorry, and this was the line as is, I would not be looking at the Patriots. I wouldn't be looking at the Ravens. So, um, 
you know, I, I think that's I, I I think the easiest way is just to stay away from that. And then once they get into the playoffs, then I can start looking at these two teams again. All right. Any other AFC thoughts, whether it be about those playoff implication games that I brought up or um, any interest in betting any of these these meaningless matchups in the AFC? I I love the Steelers spot. I, I think that that might end up being my best play this week is minus two and a half against. The yeah, Browns. I like the Steelers. I I mean, the offense for the Browns has been so unbelievably putrid since Watson took over. Um, you know, we talked about that game when Deshaun Watson came back and he was going against the Houston Texans and they put up almost 30 points. It was almost 30 points and had nothing to do with Deshaun Watson in that game. It was all defensively. So then you look at what this offense has averaged since Deshaun Watson has been back, and it's about 12 and a half points, I think it is, per game. Like, it's next to nothing. He's been under pressure a ton when he's been under center. Like, almost 33% of his dropbacks, he's been under pressure, and he's completing about 30% of his pass attempts when he's under pressure. Like, that's that's a putrid mm-hmm. number. That's really, really bad. So, in Pittsburgh, come on, I'll, I'll take the two and a half. This was three yesterday. So, I mean, if I can get yeah. two and a half, I'm thrilled. Sure. Through through a key number, I was surprised at that, and I think that's yeah. what's going to push me to bet it as well. Um, some interesting matchups, like the Broncos minus two. Obviously, meaning the Chargers are in, so they're not going to necessarily try. Broncos have I don't I don't know what their motivation is, but twenty three percent of the bets for sixty percent of the handle is on the Broncos minus two. Somebody likes the Broncos, so that's one that I'll I'll bring up. And then we have a complete even split, 50-50 money, 50-50 bets on Texans-Colts. The one thing I will say is, like, if Lovey Smith wants to keep his job, he should want to lose that game for Houston to get the number one overall pick, and you should want to take the Colts at home. Or is it a spot where you where they come out and win that game and, and try and beat the Colts. I'm not going to try and decide. I just think it's a really interesting spot because that game does have some implications and it does have two guys coaching that game who have really uncertain futures. Yeah. Well, one, one note too on that charters game is if the Bengals win against the Ravens, the chargers clinch the number five seed in the playoffs that's huge for the Chargers because right. that, but the Chargers that, have no say, right? So if the Chargers are implications win, on them, them winning. So if the Chargers win, they get the number five seed. If the Bengals win, okay. the Chargers are also clinching the number five seed. So if a weird scenario happens where like the Bengals lose, the Chargers can still clinch the number five seed if they win. So okay. the Chargers do want that number five seed. Because then they end up facing the winner of the Titans Jaguars and they end up missing, you know, Chiefs, Bills, Bengals. So it gives the Chargers a softer path to the, through the playoffs, you know, if it ends up being the Titans or, or, or Jaguars, wherever it ends up being. So it could end up being that the Chargers don't need to play their guys if the Bengals end up winning that game. But if the, somehow the Bengals lose, then there's more motivation to play in that game for the Chargers. So that's something to kind of. That's like a probably a more a wait and see type of situation, but um, I just thought that was an interesting note for that Chargers game. When it comes to that Texans Colts game, I mean, I'm with you. Like the Texans should be doing everything in their well, power. Go ahead. I'm just looking into the seeding because don't they reseed throughout the postseason? 
So throughout the NFL playoffs, the lowest seeded team always plays against the highest seeded team in each round. Yep. So I don't think that necessarily means that the Chargers play the four seed. I mean, again, this is this. There's still so much that we need to figure out. <laughs> so, you know, like that's <laughs> that. I feel like that's that's part of the issue. Um. Yeah. So it could be that way. Oh, but that would be. Yeah. No. Wait. That would be. No, you're right. So five seat. Yeah. Okay. Five versus four. Yeah. So I'm thinking already ahead. There is no reseeding in the first round. Obviously, I'm an idiot. Right. Um. This would be a first round matchup. So yeah, it would the five seed is very valuable in the AFC. Correct. Correct. Because you get to go to the a, to the AFC South team. Okay, right. I see what you're saying. Obviously, so we're doing is, this all on the fly. We're doing this all on the fly here. So there is that possible um, motivation for the Chargers. Right. Big difference that. between the sixth seed versus having to play one of the good te- yep. uh, Bills or Bengals type of team. Okay, yep. that's a pretty big difference. So yep. basically what we want to look out for after we choppily work this out is that if the Ravens somehow beat the Bengals, we yep. now want to look at the Chiefs as a bet against the Broncos because they have incentive to try to play that AFC South winner. Okay. All right. We worked that out. And they're currently uh, priced yeah. as a dog. But yeah, just uh, real quick on that Texans Colts game. The Texans should be doing everything in their power to lose that game. I mean, they've been so bad the entire year that you would think that they want to lose this last one here and, and wrap up that number one yep. seed. But I don't know. I don't know. It seems kind of odd at this point that we haven't heard something like, you know, the Texans are going to be, you know, not playing Davis Mills or playing Jeff Driscoll or whatever it is at this point. Not that that's probably more, much more of a downgrade, but for being in this position all season long and they have, they have the opportunity to potentially lose that number one pick would be really a questionable move for them. Okay. NFC, you've got the Vikings, as we mentioned Growing to seven and a half point favorites, playing in Chicago, playing for seeding against a Bears team that is now without fields and playing for nothing except maybe losing to attempt to get the number one pick in the draft right. if Houston does wind up winning. You got the Bucks saying that they're going to play their guys, even though they've locked in their seeding and division in Atlanta. They're plus four. A lot of people are considering first half plays or first quarter plays on them yeah. uh, with the idea that they're going to bench their guys. My response to that would be, the Bucks haven't been good all year, so what now makes them a good bet in this spot just because they're going to have their guys for half the game with no motivation? I guess, you know, you wouldn't be getting two points or whatever in the first half if it was a normal one, so you're getting a good price on having the players on the field, but I can't get there on backing the Bucks in uh, any way since they have no motivation. Another AFC South motivation list game, Panthers at Saints. You got the Giants who showed us last week that they're prepping for the playoffs and benching guys. 14-point underdogs at Philly. Philly's lost their two games with a chance to clinch the division in the one seed. This is the one they need to get. Big, uh, you know, Giants have 75% of the money getting the points. I can't do anything with that game. I would be shocked if Philly loses, um, but the Giants don't have any motivation. I said to you over text over the weekend, I said to you over in text over the weekend, can you believe 
that we're heading into week 18 and I'm sitting here sweating the Eagles to win the division. Never thought I'd be in this position. I thought I had this wrapped well, up at like week nine. <laughs> <laughs> you're still not sweating it that much because if you want to look at it, they're minus 975 on the money line. And if they win, oh, they I get know. It. So they're still minus 975 to win the division and clinch the one seed. Yep. Which is I what know. we both have bets on. I have I both. I, I, have I did not want. I didn't. I, I never imagined this would come down to a one game, a single game, regardless yeah. of the price. Yes, Correct. and here we are. But it's a good spot for for the Eagles. Then you have Dallas growing all the way to a seven point favorite because they're going to face Sam Howell and the Washington Commanders now. Yep. But I mean, Dallas is going to be scoreboard watching. I can't do anything with that one either because Dallas should want to win. But what if the Eagles, this is a 14-point spread. What if the Eagles are up 30 in the second half and Dallas is, all right, whatever. We're resting our guys. We're getting ready for the game in Tampa. Yep. Yep. So I can't go there either. Niners laying 14 against the Cardinals, another Forget it. ridiculous one. Um, Let's save Rams-Seahawks and... Lions Packers because I want to talk about those two out of all the NFC I've mentioned so far does anything interest you betting wise I actually do like under 40 and a half for Bucks Falcons <laughs> I actually do think that's a pretty okay. solid play that was actually down to 37 earlier in the week and it's come up three points probably with the news that some of the starters are going to be playing to begin um but right I, it's not like either team has been great at hitting the over to begin with so if you're telling me they're going to play half the game, maybe then I'll take under 40 and a half. I have no problem with that. I mean, Bucks have been one of the worst teams at hitting the over to begin with. I think it's five and 11 off the top of my head and they're failing to cover by almost five points. So like and Atlanta, hasn't been good at hitting the over either Ritter under center. They're averaging about 14 points per game. Like, I, yeah, like I'm, I wouldn't be shocked if this was like a, what, a 17 to like 10 game or something like that. Like, that wouldn't that yeah. wouldn't surprise me. So I, I actually I like four under forty and a half a lot, especially now that this has gone up three points since the middle of the week. It should be a good week for some unders. It also could be a good week for second half unders because there yeah. could be a lot of these games that you know the teams start off whatever and then they go into the locker room whatever. Cowboys go into the locker room and see Eagles thirty one, Giants ten. Yep. And it's like okay, let's pack it in, run the ball, nobody get hurt. And we see some second half unders. So that's something to watch out for in some of these games. Okay. I find this interesting because the Seahawks are playing in the four o'clock Eastern window and need to win to get in, but need help from the eight o'clock window Sunday night game, Lions and Packers. So I kind of like a, what I'm calling a correlated parlay here of the Seahawks to win. I think they're going to beat the Rams. They're at home. It's in Seattle. They have to win to keep their playoff hopes alive against a Rams team with nothing to play for. Yep. And with the Packers on the money line, that makes it even money on DK Sportsbook. With that being, if once Seattle wins, Detroit is eliminated. Now, I don't think Dan Campbell is going to stop trying. I think they're going to play their guys. I think they're going to try and go above uh, 500. Uh, the Lions are that kind of team that's like, hey, let's go out there and give them hell anyway. But it's still in the back of your head that you're done. Yeah. And Green Bay has won, f- uh, whatever, four in a row and need this one just winning in. Simple one for Green Bay, winning you're in. You're at home. You've beaten the Lions 17 of the last 20 trips at Lambeau. You lost to them earlier in the year, so it's kind of a revenge spot within the division. I think those two things work together really well hand in hand. If you want to tease Seattle with Jacksonville, 
or whatever. Like I, I think I would rather I like Jacksonville, but I would rather parlay Seattle and Green Bay money lines because they they connect, they work together, they're correlated versus just parlaying Jacksonville and Green Bay because they have nothing to do with each other. See, I'm glad that you have like strong feelings on those two games because I don't. I don't at all. And I, I, <laughs> I hope you not have feelings on the Sunday night game. It's the Packers at Lambeau hosting the Lions to make the playoffs. The, like, the I, Lions have struggled so much outdoors. Like all their numbers are based on playing these indoor games. Just because if I'm taking this, because it, okay, so to be, to your point, you're taking money line here, right? I'm not looking at, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't want to lay the four and a half. I think. I'm going to money line parlay it. Right. So like, so I'm not doing a money line parlay. I'm not interested in that. So then I'm down to the points and I don't want to do that because a, by the time, if I'm betting it now, by the time kickoff comes around, I could be looking at a completely different scenario for, for the, for uh, the Lions. If Seattle wins. Right. So you definitely can't take the Lions points until, uh, until kickoff. Right. So that's why, like, I can't bet this early because, like, if there's, I don't know what's going to come out of it because I'm not, I'm not taking either team. However, if you think Seattle is going to win, though, like, this is interesting. Yeah, I, I'm, like, not, I'm not convinced the game, of that either. During the game, though, if you see Seattle start to build a lead, you're going to see the Packers grow to five, five and a half, yeah, six. Yeah, yeah, sure, sure. Um, I, I like a see, I like a Seahawks uh, Packers money line parlay. Um, I can't get there with either side for Rams or Seahawks. Like I don't okay. have a strong, I don't have a strong inkling on either side. <clears throat> like paper to paper, yes, the Seahawks should win this game. Do I think they're going to? I can't say for sure. At least the Rams are putting up somewhat of a a fight in these last couple of weeks with Mayfield. So I can, I just can't get there. The Seahawks have been that bad that like I don't even know if I can confidently say that they can take down the Rams with playoff implications on the line. All right, best bet, go. Uh, Steelers two and a half. I guess I think that's going to be the play this week. All right. It's a three pack for me and Steelers minus two and a half is one of them. Rams Packers money line parlay is one of them. And Patrick Mahomes over 319 and a half passing yards is the other one. Those are my three best bets for NFL this week. Um, All right. I will say before we get out of here, this is going to be our last recording uh, through the national championship game for college football. Uh, TCU from 14 down to 12 and a half against Georgia. Steve, your pick? Uh, TCU. TCU with plus 12 and a half. All right, you're jumping on board with the public. If I had to bet it, I would lay 12 and a half with Georgia. But uh, if you are a DraftKings uh, playbook reader, you have a large bet on Georgia minus 125 to win it all before the college football playoff began. So we're going to let that ride minus 125 on Georgia to win this game outright. Obviously, we have a really good price. But what I will say, if you want to get into this game, Georgia's team total is 37 and a half in this game. Georgia's getting into the 40s. No doubt in my mind, Georgia's getting into the 40s, especially after what we saw in those semifinal games. So if you're looking for a best bet for the game, Georgia team total over 37 and a half. Minus 125. Minus 125, a little bit of juice, yes. And Samir can clip this up. We'll get some value out of this podcast since I cost us our beloved odds are with Johnny Avello segment. Um, Once again, that's my fault. College basketball play for Saturday. I've had this one circled all week. I'm very excited for it. I really hope it doesn't lose. Where do you circle them? I have a notebook. 
and a pencil and a pen, a circle. Kentucky is not good. Squeaked past LSU as a double-digit favorite uh, during the week. They've been terrible on the road. Kentucky is traveling to Alabama. Um, I think this one's going to be like Bama minus five. Um, And people are going to be like, wow, Kentucky, five-point underdog. Alabama's really good. Um, Really good. No longer just a football school. Basketball school uh, as well. So Alabama minus five or better on Saturday afternoon, 1 p.m. Eastern tip for college hoops. There's a best bet for you right there. There you go. Sounds great. I'll let you. I did more talking about all the college sports, so you can go ahead and wrap us up. Find you tell them where to find us on Twitter. Is URI playing? Uh, I think they're playing UMass soon. They're going to get smoked. UMass is pretty good, and URI is off. I'll I'll take UMass. Yeah, good spot. URI is coming off a win uh, too. Oh no, it's LaSalle. URI's got LaSalle on Saturday, but there is a UMass game coming up, and you should want UMass. Okay. Yeah, always fed URI. That's that's absolutely the way to go. It dated the worst girl when they're bad. URI, yeah, a lot of bad memories from URI. That's gonna be Samir's Pitt Panthers are pretty good. They covered plus six for me on uh, Super Tuesday. Outright win over Virginia. Nice going, Samir. That's going to wrap it up for this edition of the Unreasonable Odds podcast. Uh, when we come back again, we will be heading into playoffs. Playoffs. The NFL. Yep, so we'll be heading into playoffs. We'll see what ends up coming up of that. Until then, good luck with your bets, and we'll talk to you next week. Odds and lines are subject to change. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.